and welcome to episode 10 of Parent Driven Development. My name is Mandy Moore and I am here with my friend JC. Hello everyone, I'm JC Avena and I'm here with my friend Allison. Hi, I'm Allison McMillan and I'm here with my friend Chris. Hi, I'm Chris Sexton and we are here today at Ruby for Good in Georgetown University doing good. And our topic for today is how we can get our kids to do good and volunteer and contribute um, and just, you know, think about the world outside of their own little bubbles and how we might be able to guide them uh, to start doing that sort of thing and go against that inherent human behavior of selfishness uh, and do something that's good. So we start by making them clean their rooms, right? I think that's a good thing. <laughs> yes. Cleaning things up. That's uh, a large part of making the world world better. How, how do you get them to do that? Because I haven't figured that out yet. <laughs> um, I don't know. I just found um, a brownie plate that was growing mold under Ooh. her bed the other day. And I was not happy. Not happy at all. She got in trouble for that one. Yeah, that happens. Uh, I found for my, I think it was my second kid years ago he dropped an m&m uh, by his bed and we found it a few weeks later and it was being just dismantled by ants so we had this trail of ants coming up into the second floor of the house uh, they found their way all the way up there to to take that out so it was uh, as gross as it was it was actually really interesting to see the ants doing their their thing you know but yes i mean it, th that happens food in the bedrooms is inev inevitable with the kids when you finally got me here yesterday what happened when i um opened the back door to my truck Oh, that was you. That was Chris. Oh, yes. We found, what did we find? <laughs> we found uh, orange peels in my door in console. And I felt right at home because I was thinking, oh, in the back of my truck, there's also orange peels in the door handle. <laughs> I, I had, had no idea they were there. Yeah. I usually have wrappers. You're wrappers, like a step above us by the, with the orange peels. Yeah. <laughs> well, they don't, like, don't want to eat their, their you know healthy fruit, so they kind of wrap it in a napkin and stuff it in the, in the door pocket, which yeah. is great when you find it two weeks later. Yeah. Oh my! It's happened, absolutely. Or thinks, or they'll leave like a gummy bear or something, and in the heat of summer, just melts in there. <laughs> just stuff that just like melts and just gets crusty and sticky and disgusting. <laughs> That's the worst. Yeah. So how do we make our kids do yeah. good? So I, the school has been a good place for us to find things for them to do. And both of my kids have wanted to be on the caring committee, which is their little kind of like in the elementary school. Uh, student leadership type thing and so they i think they both did the welcoming committee so if there's like a new transfer student or somebody like that they would be like their buddy and show them around and that's been a lot of fun and i feel like has has been a good like ease into this sort of thing we did our preschool did like a do good day which was nice because i think that it's difficult to find colin and i've recently had this conversation about like volunteer days or places that we could go or things we could do um, but it's really difficult to find stuff that toddlers can be involved with when it's really difficult to find or even like if you as a parent want to volunteer it's difficult to find a volunteer opportunity that um, you can do like with your child when they're 
I don't know what age that changes. I think probably around like five or six. It's definitely a lot harder when they're when the preschool age. Is- yeah. Our local diaper bank is a really great place. They have like this little play area for kids and also like kids can like help, small kids can like help package diapers or help bring stuff. So, you know, a lot of parents use the, the diaper bank as a good one also because, you know, with kids my ages, like there are also often diapers that you're donating and and whatnot as well. But I find it really challenging to like, we talk about it, but actually like finding things to do is really is a little tough. Yeah. Uh, My kids are a little bit older, my youngest being almost nine and my oldest almost 18. The last few years, I think what's been easier for the youth level, you know, kids like uh, in, in, in my case, my teenagers and their little brother was 11 is organized activities for service, service projects, uh, because they can have fun doing it. They can still go and do work for other people, and there's nothing in it for them other than they're going to go hang out with their friends for a couple hours and rake some leaves of somebody's yard who can't do it for themselves, or there's always things like that you can, they, they can be doing. So I, I think it changes as they get older, as they grow, oh, yeah, what I'm their sure. incentives might be, but <laughs> I think it's important that they just keep doing it because they'll realize the good that comes out of it, and hopefully they keep doing it as they they get even older. Yeah. My daughter was in Scouts, Girl Scouts for a while, and Scouts programs are really good about having projects for the kids to, you know, do outreach. And yes, there's incentives when you go buy cookies and stuff. And if you get to some tiers, you get like a stuffed cow for like 500 <laughs> boxes. It's an interesting incentive. It's oh all about the stuffed cow. It's all about the stuffed cow. But um, actually, every we did a one that every box – you could do instead of if you didn't want to buy the boxes because a lot of people's their favorite like excuse is I'm on a diet. Well, they can actually donate boxes and then we ship them overseas to the soldiers. So that was a cool way that they could still participate without eating their cookies. That worked out really well. My daughter also finished this program at school called um, Girls on the Run. Oh, we did that. And it's a really great program. Um, It's an after-school thing, and each time has a message. So, like, they talk about self-esteem, being kind, what to do if you're being bullied, what to do if you see others being bullied. And then they use the rest of the half to go run. And then they finish out the program with doing a 5K with a parent or guardian. Unfortunately, I didn't get to participate. So my dad came down and like, did it with her. <laughs> well, yeah. Oh, darn, gotta well, miss that oh, for those of you who can't see me, I'm in a boot. I fractured my foot pretty badly, so her grandpa came down and bailed me out. (laughs) At our stage, we try to focus on having the conversation. So, like, I read an article when my son started preschool about what questions you should should ask them about their day. Because if you just ask, like, how was your day? It's, like, too broad for them to, like, really process. And, yeah. And so one of the questions that we ask is, like, you know, were you nice to your preschool friends? Because it instills the idea in them of, like, needing to be nice. And so we started having the conversation about, like, doing good, right, about littering or about doing good things. This has been really cool, and we use it a lot. 
There's a program for Jewish kids called PJ Library, which is like a free service that you can sign up for. And they send you a book every month, um, usually about like a holiday or a Jewish concept or whatever. And one of the like more prevalent concepts is called Tikkun Olam, which is like repairing the world. And it goes in like a ton of different directions. And one of the things that they sent maybe like a year ago at this point was a deck of Tikkun Olam cards. And it has all these different things. It says like, don't waste water, be nice to your friends, pick up trash. Like it's all these different concepts and stuff. And it's been really cool because like, my son, like, he loves, like, the little pictures on the card. And, you know, when he's, like, sitting there playing in the sink, Colin will often go, Chikuna Lump, don't waste water, turn it off. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, the fact that he, like, is using those cards and we use those cards as, like, conversation starters or so that he's understanding, like, all of these concepts are related to and all these pictures are related to things that make the world a better place even before he's sort of at that age of more actively like volunteering and understanding what that means. I do simple things. (laughs) My ex made fun of me because I would only buy the Dawn dish soap with penguin on the front because every so many cents goes to helping animals who get caught in like oil spills or whatever. And you know, he made fun of me, but I would tell Maisie, like, when mommy buys this dish soap, and she's like three or four, they give money to help these animals get clean when they were in accidents. So just even small stuff like that. And like, even sometimes I'll, instead of buying the generic store thing, if they have box tops, I'll purposely spend a couple more cents to get the box tops so that she can take them to school because it helps the schools with, you know, supplies and education, you know. So just like introducing stuff like that when they're little, I think is like super important. I think that helps them be, you know, on the lookout on how they can help others indirectly, you know, and just, Hey, this doesn't cost me anything, but I can always be more aware. Yeah. The more exposure is better. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I, related to that, one of the things that we've liked to do is just kind of bring them along so that they see that we're doing stuff. So maybe mm-hmm. they're, they're not even involved, but, um, you know, we're at a conference where we're volunteering. And so often we'll have the, you know, uh, my wife will stop by at the kids and they'll say hi to my friends and, uh, you know, can run around and be kids. But they know that like, oh, you're going to take you know, a few days and go off to this thing and volunteer at something. So they're just getting that exposure. And that goes for a lot of things. If uh, my wife is helping to pack Thanksgiving dinners um, when the kids were too little, it would be good to stop by and just kind of see, you know, now they're older and they can haul stuff around and they can go to those things too. But it's just a, the more exposure you have that this is what we do with our time seems to be better. Yeah. At, at church, we're known for helping people move a lot, like move in or move out all the time. And uh, a few years ago, there was a span of, I think it was almost two months, where every Saturday there was somebody moving in or moving out. <laughs> Stop so moving. I was there. <laughs> so I was doing this every Saturday for two months straight. And my wife said one of the days when I got home, they were still younger. And she asked where, you know, the kids woke up, they were, they were smaller, and where's dad? And she said, well, he's help- helping someone move. And then they said, again? Is that his job? You know, because like every weekend I was doing that for a couple of months there. It was kind of ridiculous. But, and when you, you know, get it older, it'll be your job. Yes. <laughs> so now that they are older and they like to flex their muscles because they play football, et cetera, 
they they think they're all that. I just bring them to all the. We still move people, and <laughs> I bring them, and they haul the heavy stuff and the big furniture, and you know they might grumble a little bit about it, but then they have fun when they're what, doing it. You can't it handle it. <laughs> yeah. Are you soft? That was that's, the coach. I think it says, "Don't be soft." So you know, be tough. And and uh, so yeah, they go and they help a lot, and and people you know, have them come over and help. And sometimes they, you know, will pay them a little bit of money, but most of the time it's just, uh, you know, they'll tip them or whatever. But yeah, most of the time it's just, Hey, we need help. And so-and-so is going to move and we go and help, you know, from the church. Um, so they get to help people, you know, use their, use their current talents of being strong and young. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> as far as like taking them to conferences, uh, this past winter, I took Maisie up to New York city with me and, you know, New York City is New York City, but in Manhattan, there's a lot of homeless population and stuff. And there was a woman just sitting in a wheelchair and she was obviously cold and she was sitting right in front of a Target. I said, well, wait here. And I took Maisie in the store with me and, and we bought a blanket. And Maisie's like, why did you do that? And I was like, well, because it's the right thing to do and I can help other people because I have helped, I've been helped before. I mean, I, I was on a, I, I was on welfare when my daughter was born and I was on food stamps and Medicaid. And now that I am lucky enough to have a job in tech that pays me well, I can give back to others like that. And she was just like, oh, okay. Like, she, I think she really got it. Yeah, that exposure, I think, is very good at, at communicating the point and, and just help instilling that. And so uh, other volunteering things, um, even within family, that's something that I found to be pretty good. Uh, helping grandparents out is is always a good thing. Um, and it's just like, okay, nope, you have to go and help help them out. They're totally capable right now, but it's one of those like – you know, as you get older, they're going to become, you know, they're less capable, hopefully not much less capable, but you know, they, they will get that way. And, um, having that being just always the thing that they do to help out is something that we're, uh, you try for. And that's a interesting balance. Cause it goes from, they were like these caretakers. And so they just kind of bum around and are used to being waited on because grandma is so nice to like, no, no, no. If you go to grandma's house, like you need to clean up after you and like try to take care of her stuff and, and, and reminding them, pointing them out to go, go help, go volunteer. And it's like, ah, I don't want to. So I think finding good places with family and extended family is always a, is a good way to do it. Yeah. Uh, for us, we don't have extended family nearby, but we have neighbors. There's a, a single neighbor across the street who had some medical issues and you know, her yard, her lawn was getting kind of long. And I had my boys go and mow it. And they're like, why? I'm like, because it needs to be mowed. What do you mean why? <laughs> and we're her neighbors. And she can't do it right now. So just go mow it. You know, they're used to getting paid when they mow lawns, I guess. I don't know. I just, but they did. And then they mowed it several times. And I think that they're just not aware a lot of times. So you just have to help them be aware of what's going on sometimes. And they can figure out how they can help. Um, so hopefully, as they do this more and more, like I said, teenagers is a little... A little interesting. Yeah, I'm wondering if there's an age that it's like easiest to do. Like, Chris, maybe how old your kids? Like, that sort of like uh, we have a fourth and sixth grader. Like, yeah. yeah, you know, about Is that like an easy range because it's still fun and it's not like I definitely think that's a good a good time because there's a lot of things like 
you know, help the environment. And they get that message and get into it. And you can see, and we'll be at the park and they'll be like, maybe we should come down here and clean up the trash out of the creek. I'm like, excellent. Let's do that. And, um, you know, the fact that they thought of the idea and then you're like, okay, no problem. We're just going to go get trash bags and pick up some trash. That's awesome. And then they felt, you know, they were proud and kind of strutting around because it's my, this is my idea. We're doing this because of me. <laughs> um, but they did it and they picked up some stuff and it, and encouraging that sort of behavior is, is great. It's, it's definitely not quite to the point where like, oh, that's not cool. Um, and I know that that's coming. <laughs> like I can see little hints of that here and there. They'll be able to fill their time with it, something else other than doing things for others, right? So, yeah, it, it's good. That's awesome, though, that they came up with that and, and can see things that need to be done and figure out that we can do it. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it's been an interesting you know, curve where they weren't capable and as they've gotten a little bit older uh, and, and they, you know, they get this hammered into them a lot about the environmental impact and about, you know, political impact about some, a bunch of these other things that they're now seeing like, Oh, we can do things that actually might help. Um, and I think when it kind of goes from, these are toy activities that feel like playing or, or, or a program to no, this is actually real world. And this is how people help people. Um, is is really good and that late elementary school age seems to be a pretty key time do y'all let your kids watch the news i don't think our kids know what the news is because of streaming and no you know no commercials and stuff so it's it's, i used to call it the bad news anyway so i we don't miss it yeah we cable cut so we don't have same traditional Mm -hmm. television they you know it's youtube and netflix yeah, but do they know some of the stuff that's going on in the world? We so talk about it yes. a lot in front of yeah. them. Absolutely. I, I, yeah. One thing I was thinking about was so especially like in the D.C. area, like marches or rallies. Because obviously, you know, my three-year-old is not watching the news. But I haven't taken him to a march or to a rally yet. I debated – think last year the the women's march I debated but I was nervous about it um so I decided not to but growing up my mom actually took us to a lot of like marches and rallies and that sort of stuff and we always talk about like what's going on or if there is a big march like what people are sort of like talking about and and doing I'm sure that it like doesn't really sink in that much yet but um, I was thinking the same thing like oh do people take you know kids to to marches and rallies or how they sort of feel about about that because I guess part of me is like well of course I'm going to take him because like I did that growing up but the other part of me is like it feels so much more dangerous than when, when we were kids and I don't know if it's because we're in DC although a lot of the marches that I went to were like in New York so I'm wondering what it just seems amplified Right, the yeah, gun violence and all the yeah, like, everything all seems different amplified. things that could happen. And I don't know if it's just because I didn't get it when I was a kid, or because things just. I think part are of that so because online. I mean, my kids are connected, especially teenagers online, so they get news, etc. That way, you know, the word of mouth travels fast through social media, and so yes, I think we just hear about every single thing that happens anywhere in the world immediately. So it seems like it's always happening because it is, but we're just exposed to every single thing that happens. And so it makes it worse. I think when you turn that stuff off and you can just be local and live locally for a while, it helps you kind of relax mentally and emotionally 
all that stuff kind of decompress a little bit because there is a lot of overload of all this bad information out there. Well, yeah, I definitely go through where intellectually I feel like I understand that it's not more dangerous and, you know, the world isn't getting worse. It's actually getting better and it just depends on some of these metrics. But when uh, my wife was talking about taking uh, my daughter to the women's march or to, you know, some other things that I was like, uh, uh, I'm not, you know, like, wait, this is high stakes. Like, this is really important. Even, you know, even if it's low risk, it's really high stakes. And so I was, you know, like actually nervous. And I don't think of myself as being someone who's real skittish around that sort of thing. It's like, no, go, it's, it's right. Go and do it. I was like, wait, hold on. <laughs> like, may, maybe, like, be careful. I, I don't know. And uh, it was definitely interesting. Although my daughter wanted to do, they had a, a walkout at the school and the school was, was very, they were, uh, the administration was great. They were not like, like this is not officially sanctioned. There's nothing, you know, you know the, the kids are not allowed to walk out, but you know, if they're going to do it, then it should, ha- you know, it can happen like this in a, in a very, like, we're not endorsing or, or, or saying no or anything, but uh, you know, we we're going to have this and she wanted to. And we, before they did it, we had a long talk about like, why would you want to do this? Like, what does this actually matter? And it is, you know, my wife sat down with our daughter and like talked it all through. And so that she understood why and what was going on. And if you don't want to do it, don't do it. If you do like, make sure you're doing it for the right reasons. And so that was that was definitely an interesting thing. Something that I had no exposure. I think I'm the opposite of you, Allie, where I, like my parents didn't do any of that, and I, that just seemed like something weird that happened on the news. When I work from home, I always have the TV on, just as low background noise, just so I don't feel so alone. And then sometimes I forget that it's on. And then the day, I mean, the, the Parkland shooting that just happened a few weeks ago. I turned on CNN because I was like, you know, I have this, I want to know what's happening, but I was also super emotional. I started crying. Maisie got home from school. She starts doing her homework and it's, it's, you know, it plays over and over and over again um, when the special or not special, but it, like when an event like that happens, it's mm-hmm. just 24 yeah. seven coverage. And finally, she looked at me and she said, Mom, this is starting to upset me. Can you turn it off? Good for her. <laughs> and I said, I'm sorry, honey. I didn't even realize it was still on. But then she started asking me some questions about it. And, you know, it's it's hard to have to look at your eight, nine, your child and be like, somebody went in and did this to the school. Well, what, can that happen to me? I I, I can't say no. There's always a chance that anything, I said, we could get into a car accident, you know, mm-hmm. you could, anything could happen. I said, but the, your school has measures that would, couldn't be, can be taken in an event like that, and they will keep you as safe as possible, and I am confident that you will be okay. And it might, it made her feel better, but... Yeah, but she, I was really proud of her because I didn't even realize it was still on, and I should have been more cognizant about that but when she said this is upsetting me can you turn it off I was very proud yeah I mean I think there's a piece of that also that's like what do what do we do for the world for our kids right like knowing that this is like the world that they're sort of you know growing up in um, like beyond sort of like what we do to involve our kids you know I know that I've gotten a lot more 
interested and active in things that are going on that, you know, that affect the world that my son will grow up in. I mean, we have um, in Maryland, we have an election coming up and there are like 50 bajillion people running. Um, And in the past, I would have been like, well, whatever. I like don't have time for that. I'm just probably I'm just going to like vote randomly or like maybe not vote or whatever and now which is funny because I had so much more time than I do now um but now I'm like okay I found like a good website where like at some point next week I can sit down and like look at all the candidates because they affect like our area and our school district and you know what happens with the environment and like you know infrastructure like all these things so you know i'm much more active and aware in that in that sort of stuff to make sure that i'm paying attention to the things that affect both me and talking and about it right, yeah talking about it too well, once a year i uh write a letter to our senate because um my daughter's preschool education was completely given to her for free through the state. It was state-funded, and there was a grant. And every year, there's danger of them stopping the program. Had they not accepted her into that program, I don't know where I'd be today. Because those hours that she was in school, and it was a full, it was full-time. So she went to school from the time she was three, five days a week, eight in the morning till 4.30 in the afternoon. And it was all free. And I was able to, as a single mom, buckle down, get my business started, get off welfare, get off food stamps in a year. So like, I am so forever grateful to that program that every year I make sure that I sit down and I tell them again how this program has affected my life and how if they defund it, it's gonna affect people, right? That's that's really interesting. Um, I hadn't thought of that about, about that because you you mentioned paying it forward earlier, in, you know, in a roundabout way, and that's true. Uh, somebody once pointed out to me, one of my cousins, I think it was, and about how uh, no matter how much hard we work and we self sufficient, et cetera, someone's always helped us along the way. At some point, we've been helped, and I'm not talking about like your parents or your family, but if someone's helped you. Maybe it's a relative, you know, or a cousin or a distant cousin or a friend, but you've been helped at some point along the way and, you know, you, you're better for it and you can always make the world better by helping others and passing it along. And that's, I think, something to always be aware of. So it's okay if some of your work goes to help others. It's, you know, it's okay because it, it is, it magnifies whatever little you're contributing is going to be magnified by whoever gets helped. And so it's, it's a good investment to make, whether it's monetarily or time-wise or whatever. It's going to come back and and make the world gooder because we're at Ruby for good. <laughs> yeah, well, and showing, uh, especially showing the kids how the value works both ways. You you pitch in and help with something, and then often you get out of what you get out of it is really valuable, and there there is actual content there, and it's you know helping run local tech community stuff, uh, helping with mentorship programs, helping with those other things. Like in the end, it pays off because my job is managing people. And now I understand a lot more viewpoints and, you know, how I can work on it and build an engineering team, like what's important for hiring. I've had conversations with Allie where she's complaining about a hiring process or, or a job hunt. And I'm like, that doesn't even like, why would you even care? And it, but it is like the most important stuff. 
and you know that came out of like you know this little volunteering helping thing and i'm like people buy how to you know manage business books whatever uh, to try to get that information out but it's it's much more meaningful when you're working with and, and talking to and interacting with the community around you um, and trying to explain like how to explain that to the kids or expose them to it so that they can glean it a little bit. Cause I feel like I can't tell them that won't work. Um, they have to kind of see it or absorb it over time of like, because it, it's always happening that, that sort of thing. And cause it definitely wouldn't come across if I sat them down and like told them this was important and this is why whatever dad uh, type thing. So um, yeah, just keeping that there constantly and reminding them is, is pretty important. Yeah, I'm starting to. Um, I'm trying to start a woman who code chapter in my city of York, Pennsylvania, and um, for that purpose, just to you know help other women like me um, in the area because I've been through through it firsthand, and I want to give that back now that I've made it successfully. I want other people to know that there. You know, you don't have to be a waitress for the rest of your life. That's not all you are, because that's all I thought I was ever going to be. Getting, you know, my daughter exposed to the STEM stuff is very important. And, um, like, I take that very seriously and want to make sure that she realizes that, what you know, if, if she wants to do this, this is 100% what she can do. And, you know, try to get that, like... Like you need to know that you can do this so that when your friends are around and they're not sure, you know, cause their dads aren't big nerds and buying like electronics kits and all that sort of thing, but like that they can do it. But, and I mean, I think even monetary donations, you know, I think we've been talking sure. a lot so far about like, you know, hands on doing stuff. And s- sometimes um, I will admit that sometimes I like want to do stuff hands on. I want to think that like, oh, we're, we're, always going to do something with our kids that's like super hands-on and we're going to be really great about it but honestly like sometimes it is feels a little overwhelming to like find an opportunity or figure out how to have the conversation or whatever and but I think even you know monetary donations like every you know every year uh Colin and I sit down and we say like okay what you know what categories or what cause what things do we want to donate to this year how much do we want to you know how much do we want to donate um and that's definitely something I think in the future that I would love to get kids involved in you know a family conversation about like hey you know we're, we're donating x x amount this year um what categories do we want to donate to is there any you know or here like five different things like which place do you want to donate here's like you know you have $50 like where do you want to donate it to or whatever um sounds like something that's cool and easy and I mean obviously my kids aren't at that point yet but that's like something that I can imagine hopefully doing that like isn't super time consuming and is is easy for me because I'm in a position where like we have the funds and the ability to do that yeah, birthdays. I've seen a lot of um, parents instead of um, and talking to your kids, n- not just being like, um, "You're not getting any gifts this year. We're going to ask for money to <laughs> donate to charity," but actually sitting down and talking to your kids and being like, you know, instead of people bringing you gifts, which some kids probably don't like, but um, or like, yeah, in lieu of gifts, uh, please bring a check made out to a charity of the kids choice whatever they want 
and then send it there and make a donation in their name. I mean, they started doing that on Facebook for our adult birthdays. Yeah. I saw that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's pretty clever. If somebody does that for their birthday, I'll throw them a dollar or two. Like, I can't give $100, $200, but if you have 747 friends and everybody gives you a dollar on your birthday, that's you can make that. And I think that's a great way to just help people and donate monetarily. So I like the, the monetary thing that reminded me. Of, so, it, again, church it plays a big part in our lives. And one of the uh, programs there is fast and offerings, right? So the offerings part is used... The church basically has a zero overhead cost program for charitable giving. So the church absorbs all the costs that comes with administering the program. And it goes for disaster relief fund. And it goes for like local uh, congregation members. Maybe they need rent help with rent. So it's self-sufficient locally first. And then additional monies go to the general fund. And that's used for hurricane relief. And that's used for sending trucks and trucks of water. And it's, you know, church is always there. Uh, they also organize uh, when, for example, when Houston flooded, the church had a bunch of people in the in the area around surrounding states, organize groups and come and clean up, and were there for you know two, three, four days at a time, and and uh, just volunteer their time that way. So that was another way to help. One of my nephews and you know some of my in laws went down there and and helped out, and and so that was a really cool experience for them to do, and my kids saw that too, and. When we had a closer to home was the Joplin tornado a few years ago. And so we got to volunteer and um, send supplies, et cetera. So that, you know, there's always, someone always needs help somewhere. And, and and there's organizations that can help you get the help there. So you're not necessarily seeing the people getting the help, but you know you, you're helping without necessarily getting the, the thank you directly from them. So I think that's important too, to have this anonymous way of giving and not expecting even the thank you in return, just saying like, hey, I'm giving. And it, it'll go to whoever needs it the most. And that's enough, you know? Yeah. That seems like that's a hard, hard point to really learn. Yeah. All right. Should we move on to um, our, wait, is it, it's not, it's successes and fails. Genius. Geniuses yeah. and fails. I thought we renamed, I wasn't. I feel like every episode we sort of rename it, but everybody like, just like goes with what they, genius. wins, Pre- fails, no. genius, Ge- fails. But this is a good fail Success moment. Fails. We always get the fail part right. Yeah, but, <laughs> well, the the word one, that we use for success, genius, win, et cetera, changes. The one consistent <laughs> around here is the fail the moment. Good. The good. The gooders and the not so gooders. <laughs> the gooder moments. So I have one, which is very exciting, maybe a little controversial, but I don't care because I'm getting more sleep. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's a genius. And um, we uh, sleep trained our daughter this week. Um, so I have also learned that in the last three years since my son, it's now starting to be referred to as like sleep learning or helping your child learn to put themselves to sleep instead of sleep training. Sleep training sounds a little gruff and harsh, but yeah, originally we were, uh, she's, she's, um, almost 15 weeks. So we did it at 14 weeks. Originally we were going to wait for the four month pediatrician appointment to get the, the like full thumbs up. And I sort of looked at our schedule and realized that consistency will be actually like less at her four month because I'm going back to work and she's starting daycare and et cetera, et cetera. And right now her life is like very consistent. Also, she 
is still was still waking up like every like hour and a half to two and a half hours, which is just awful. And so we were like, okay, we're just we're gonna do it. We're gonna gonna help teach her to sleep and you know we used the method that we felt like was a little a little gentler um but it was amazing and i'm sure that i'm probably gonna jinx myself by saying this but um she slept like anywhere from six to nine and a half hours in a stretch for the last like five or six nights in That's a row. Amazing. It was like one or two nights of like sleep learning. And then she was totally fine. Like she has the skills. It's 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 just oh my God. 14 weeks of sleep deprivation and then like actual sleep is incredible. So we're geniuses for just doing it. <laughs> See I that's funny that I know the rules change. Um, and it was like 10 years ago for us or more. But I remember thinking at four months in that we were too late and we'd like missed the boat and we we were never going to sleep again ever. <laughs> Which, of course, when you're sleep deprived, that made sense at the time. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, for us, we know with four kids, they're all different. And as parents being in different stages, you kind of work them. I don't think we were that educated, Allison, as you were, as you are and Chris. We were just kind of like, uh, this one likes to go to sleep. Okay, good. This one does not. <laughs> when, and the problem, really, the problem that we found is if we bring the baby with us to the bed, then we are in for a long period of hurt. The ones that we left in their room and we just would go in there and rock them, they, they were a little more self-sufficient. I think our oldest were, kept coming into our bedroom until he was eight or nine just because he was so used to it, you know, whether the younger ones did not necessarily do that. Yeah, whenever I talk to to new parents, I'm like, it's whatever works for the family is yes. what matters. Yeah. If yes. it, it, there's no right or wrong, it's whatever works for the family. So true. <laughs> Personally, I loved when Maisie would sleep with me because it's just, it's just so cute. <laughs> I know, they're so little and cuddly. Um, I will say that, uh, so I'm still sticking with my genius, but um, it's, we didn't do any like sleep training for naps. You were still sort of like rocking her to, to sleep for naps. But I will say the other day I was trying to put her down for a nap and she was like getting, she was like in my arms, but just sort of like wriggling and like seemed really uncomfortable. And so I was like, I don't know. I was like, you're just like, being annoying. I don't know what's going on. And so I like put her in her crib and literally like two seconds later, she like fell asleep. And I had this moment of like, Oh my God, my baby doesn't need me anymore, <laughs> but she still needs me. I'm still her solo food source. So, so everything is fine. But yeah, for a second I was like, I did too good of a job, but I'm sticking <laughs> with the, I'm sticking with the sleep training genius. Heck yeah. <laughs> Heck yeah. I've got a fail genius thing, I guess. I don't know. You guys can decide. <laughs> Leave it up to the audience. Um, my teenager was being a teenager and was, you know, arguing. And I'm saying, stop arguing. And he's obviously, I'm not arguing and blah, blah, blah. So I escalated to where he, you know, got in trouble. And a few days later, <laughs> he texts, what happened to my Spotify premium? <laughs> <laughs> So he got taken off the family plan for a, you know, <laughs> and to be decided how long. Uh, and he's kind of chilled out a bit, but it was just, I'm like, I'm just going to, you know, take a, just a little thing. That's a, that how is is that a just fail? a little thing that he takes for granted that he's like, you know, entitled to. I'm just going to go and boop. That's a take total right genius. Yeah. There's and, no way that that's a next. Netflix is next. Yeah. And it, and it reset. I guess it took a day or two for it to reset on his phone. 
And but now once he could have streamed everything he wanted however he wanted, he's like, what the heck happened? It's I like good. that it's, it's changed like a reminder from, after. Yeah, it's changed from the all or nothing because it's like the kids want the screens and they have the screens, and then you take away the screens, and if they're still, you know, misbehaving, you, you got nothing else yeah. to take away. <laughs> um, but here we can like fine tune controls a yeah. little bit. So yeah, so throttle your internet. How do you like so, that? Or no, <laughs> my, no. my reply: take their, their um, chargers and then just watch them <laughs> panic <laughs> as it's they steal each other's chargers and then that causes uh, fights and contention at home. So <laughs> it's not worth so it. Mean. The impending so doom. Like cruel and unusual punishment. I'm one percent. Yeah. <laughs> Fine, I'll apologize. <laughs> so we have a, a, sh- uh, a shared uh, chat and a t- text message. My wife, my two teenagers, and I. And that's where he asked, "What happened to Spotify Premium?" And I just said, uh, "You don't have it right now." <laughs> and and then he responds with "Savage," <laughs> and he left it at that. Like, he was just kind of like, "Okay then," <laughs> and he moved on because he knew. And he asked recently, "When I get it back." I said, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> and he doesn't have it back yet, but he'll probably get it back soon. We'll see. So I have a, a little bit of a fail one. Um, so this is a few years ago. And my son is not the most articulate. He he doesn't quite enunciate all his words the best, uh, especially when he was little. That combined with the fact that we'll come up with like fun kind of goofy names for, for different things. And one of the things we came up with was there's this like Trader Joe's like just throw it in the oven Chinese food kind of dinner. It's like their um, orange chicken. But what we would do is we'd always keep this bag of frozen uh, orange chicken around. And that was our emergency food. If we were like running late and we didn't have time to do a thing, um, my wife would be like, we need emergency chicken. And so we'd grab emergency chicken and we make it. And that's what the kids called it, an emergency chicken. And that was just total. If we needed to to uh, pull pull the alarm and, and get dinner out quick um, and not go out, so we would do that, which was great until Lars was in class and he was talking to his teacher, who was like, "What's everybody's favorite food?" And people were going around, "Chicken nuggets." I like spaghetti, and he was like, "Emergency chicken," <laughs> and they're like, "Um, what?" And so he's, and then I think he probably got annoyed. He was like, Emer- "Emergency chicken." I said it already. <laughs> Um, and, and sure awesome. enough, we got home the big poster, you know, the all about me poster that he did. And they're like, favorite food, emergency chicken. <laughs> and I remember they even put a little like note on it. They're like, we're not quite sure what this is. <laughs> they will now. Yeah, that, that's like, oh, no, that's emergency chicken. It's delicious. You should have some. cry. <laughs> 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 That's so something my daughter would do. <laughs> okay. And what's funny is it probably, he probably like buckles down. I was like, emergency. No, he, did, he, he, he dug in for that one. Yeah, He's yeah. like, you don't understand. Yes. It's emergency chicken and you're not talking me out of this. Yes. <laughs> That's what it's called. I, yeah. You guys don't understand this. That's amazing. <laughs> All right. Well, this end of the school year has just been killing me. I've been going from conference to conference. I started at RailsConf, I emceed Nation JS. Now I'm here at Ruby for good. And then I'm back for Ruby Nation. <laughs> and the end of the school year has just been so hectic with travel and trying to make sure everything's been covered. And apparently I missed an email from the teacher and the one line that said, this Wednesday at 2 o'clock, come join your child for their portfolio readings. Oh, wow. 
And Maisie comes home and goes, Mommy, where were you today? And I was like, working? She's like, you didn't come in when the parent, and I was, when you were supposed to for the my portfolio reading. I said, baby, I'm so sorry. I didn't know about it. So I'm like, did you bring home a paper? She's like, no, it, my teacher said it was in an email. And I'm like, so I go back, and sure enough, there was one sentence in this email that the teacher sent out the Friday I was emceeing NationJS that I just cursory like glanced over and missed it so i missed that and then yesterday i missed her last day of school but now she's gonna be traveling with me making up i'm taking her to the beach for a week and then of course we've got disney world in september so she can't be too angry with me over (laughs) a one-hour portfolio reading the whole summer to make up for it (laughs) i don't know you may not live it down for years and i'm taking her to chicago to see a friend so she should be super happy with her summer vacation (laughs) and if i'm a bad parent for missing one hour portfolio conference of stuff she brought home anyway I well, hope the limit's not one, because I've blown <laughs> past that. <laughs> well, I'm a horrible parent. Oh, you definitely get that. Like, I'll, like, we're having this thing, and you can come, but you never come, so it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Your kids say that? Yeah. Oh, man, that's that's cold. Savage. savage. <laughs> it is savage. I was going to say savage, but I was like, not quite there. <laughs> They're going to cut me off from Spotify soon. Yes, they will cut you off. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to the Parent Driven Development Podcast live from Ruby for Good. Uh, We'd love to hear from you. If you have a question that you'd like us to chat about on air, please email us at panel at parentdrivendevelopment.com or find us on Twitter at parentdrivendevelopment. And if you like what you hear, then please support us on Patreon. We're at patreon.com slash parentdrivendev and or rate us on iTunes. Thanks. Thanks.